It's not about how old you are. It's about how fast you can experiment and how costly it is. So, you know, if uh, if you're a traditional company but you use cloud and and you have this mindset, um, you know, you're uh, you're not a dinosaur anymore. You're a, you're a predator again, right? You can be you can be dangerous to your competition again because you move fast and uh, and then you innovate faster. To me, that's the that's the number one thing. That's that's why I'm never ever going back to physical infrastructure. Hello and welcome to the podcast episode 19. Today we're speaking to Julian Simon, who's the global technical evangelist for AWS. He specializes in AI and machine learning. Um, machine learning specifically is a real passion of his and some of the insights he gives is so interesting and where he sees it going, um, super, super interesting. So. We look into Julian's background, he spent sort of 10, 15 years as a CTO for a number of different companies, so we talk about his journey to becoming the technical evangelist for AWS, Uh, we talk about what he's most excited about within AWS and what holds the most potential um, for developers looking to sort of branch out into AWS for the first time. I ask for some insights and some building blocks and top tips of how they can really utilize AWS. Um, I also ask him how he sees AI and machine learning and automation sort of to continuing to enhance the buyer's journey. And he gives some really, really good insights into that. Um, Lastly, we touched upon ReMars, which is Amazon's closed door tech conference inspired by Mars. So it runs from the 4th to the 7th of June um, and it's all about AI, machine learning, automation, robotics and space. So I sounds so interesting. I'm still waiting for my invite. It hasn't arrived yet. Um, but yeah, it just sounds so cool. So I wanted to get a little bit of behind the scenes info. Um, so yeah, it was so great talking to Julia and I really hope you enjoy the episode. As always, please use hashtag the botcast to let us know what you think um, and send in any suggestions or thoughts. And as always, your reviews and ratings on iTunes are very much appreciated. So over to Julian. So firstly, Julian, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. It's great nice to have to here. you here. Um, so I know that you've been a CTO for a number of companies over the past sort of decade or more, mm-hmm. um, and you're now the global tech, technical evangelist um, for AI and machine learning at AWS, and you're based in Paris, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. I live outside Paris. Uh, I, most, I spend most of my time uh, traveling and flying around, but yeah, from time to time I actually make it home, and it's, it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to be there. Yeah, from following you on Twitter, I can see you are constantly traveling. Yeah, yes, it's uh, it's a, it's a lot of travel, especially uh, right now. A lot of our uh, uh, main events take place uh, in 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 the second quarter of the year. Uh, actually, yesterday we just had the the AWS summit in London, uh, which was uh, really packed. Uh, I was told this morning we had fourteen thousand attendees. That's a crazy which, amount of which, Yeah, it's it's even hard to uh, it's even hard to believe, but uh, yeah, it felt extremely extremely packed. So it's a pleasure to see so many customers showing up, and uh, you know, speaking to full rooms is very nice. Yeah. And London was just one of them. I've done a few more. So yeah, it, it's been a busy start of the year, um, but cool. You know, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, and it we love going on the road and and meeting developers. And I just did a workshop 
for developers here in, in Cardiff, which is great. Uh, just you know, help people out, help them get started, answer the questions. That's what the job is. Yeah. So what's been your favorite business trip apart from this, obviously, because Tramshed's so great? <laughs> ah, yeah, less, I mean, it is, uh, it's, definitely, uh, it's a, definitely a good, a good company to work for. Uh, we're, we're having fun. Uh, before that, I've, like, as you mentioned, I've done lots of things. Uh, I was, uh, yeah, for about 10 years, I was a CTO and VP engineering in, for uh, startups in, in Paris. You know, some successful ones, some, some big ones. Someone, some others that had, you know, that were struggling. But you learn something everywhere. Uh, I think it's uh, at the end of the day, you know, you, the technology is always a little bit different. So uh, you go through uh, you know, all kinds of backends, all kinds of programming languages, and there's always something to be learned. And you, you know, you learn something about the business. And um, and I think it's actually interesting to work for companies that are not doing so well uh, because they, the challenge is probably you know more difficult. And then you learn how to deal with difficult business conditions and you have to be even more clever than when uh, things are fine. So, uh, yeah, all my experiences, some were difficult, but uh, all of them, you know, I learned something from. So I think that's, that's, the, that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is a little bit off grid, but can you give us an example of maybe one of the times where you've been the most innovative in solving some of these problems? Uh, yeah, so uh, a few years back, I worked for an ad tech company. Um, and um, I don't know, I, I'm not going to name them because uh, you know, it's, it's, old, uh, it's old history. But at the time, they were small. And, um, and when I joined, they literally had uh, very, you know, I'm going to say very basic infrastructure. Uh, and I was in charge of infrastructure and, and, and a few more things. And uh, and they were super successful, right? And uh, the the growth rate was just insane. And, you know, we're not talking ten percent per year; we're talking ten percent per per week. You know, at some stage, so it was growing like like crazy. And uh, and uh, you know, ad tech is uh, data intensive, traffic intensive, and you know, we were trying to keep up. With uh, with infrastructure, literally making sure we could grab all that incoming traffic and uh, and serve it to uh, to the prediction engines that would decide whether we want to buy that um, advertising space or not on on, on digital uh, 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 property, right? Websites, apps, etc. And so th- we were in uncharted territory because the team obviously was you know was pretty young. Uh, we were facing this. Uh, for the first time, uh, and uh, and there were no reference points, you know, especially in France, uh, there was no track record of any company going through that. So the only reference points were, you know, what what did Google do? What did Facebook do? What did Amazon do? And you know, you you can only read and learn so much about how they do it. So a lot of times we had to go and. Uh, and write uh, our own code to deal with uh, that part of the infrastructure, and and generally, you know, come up to the in the office every day and, and find look at the traffic increasing and say, okay, we're going to die today again. So what do we do, right? Uh, and you really um, the, the good thing is it sets your priorities, right? You, you it's like uptime, you know, quality of service is priority number one. So there's no discussion on uh, what needs to get done today. Uh, you know what needs to get done today is not die. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so uh, literally, so uh, and then if you have the if you have the if you have bright engineers and, and we did, 
you know, they come up, they come up with solutions and, uh, and they, they'll write code in a few hours that solves crazy stuff. And, uh, and, you know, you know, you're going to need to add 50 servers. I was using physical infrastructure at the time to make things even more interesting. Uh, you need, you know, 100 servers for next Monday and no one in France has 100 servers waiting for you to be, mm. waiting for you to order. But how do you do it? So you pick up your phone and you get creative. So it's not just tech, it's, uh, it's, it's everything. It's whatever it takes, you, you find a solution to it. So that's why I like startups. So I, I've done that for 10 years and then, okay, I decided it was time for something else. You know, it, it, I didn't want to repeat myself too much. But yeah, it, those were crazy times. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so you describe yourself as a hacker, a headbanger, mm. a Harley rider, a hunter, <laughs> a tech evangelist. Um, so yep. can you tell us a little bit more about you and how you came um, to be the global tech evangelist for AWS? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I guess I am all those things. Uh, I mean, hacker. Yes. I. I uh, in in the in the original sense of the word, which is really you know. Uh, take pieces of technology and, and, and tear, tear them apart and understand how they work and potentially make them do things they were not intended for. You know, tinkerer is, is a thing that, that I could, uh, could add to the list. And, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the kid that got a computer at nine years old and that was it, you know. Uh, that's, that was my job. Uh, and, uh, and the rest, yeah, headbanger, so I, I don't have to describe it. I'm, you know, again, I'm... I'm a maniac, so let's not discuss my musical taste. We're going to scare everybody away. But <laughs> they're, they're, they're on the pretty extreme part of the musical spectrum when it comes to metal. So, I'm, you know, like I said all the time, I'm, not, uh, I'm very open. I listen from everything to hard rock to death metal. So that's, that's it, right? <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I wish I had more time to ride my bikes, for sure. Uh, they're, si- they're sitting in a garage gathering dust right now. But okay, summer is coming, so uh, I, I cannot do that. And, um, and so I, have a long, you know, I had a long technical career, uh, starting as an engineer and gradually you know, moving up the, uh, the ladder, so to speak, because uh, I felt you know, I could probably be a better manager than whoever was... Uh, managing me at the time mm-hmm. uh, that's a bold statement but you know it turned out okay I, I, like I said I've done that for about 10 years in different companies and then you know uh, I, I gradually I started working with cloud and uh, and you know over time I you know I honestly I had management fatigue right uh, I, I was managing a pretty large team you know about a, up to 150 people uh, and when you manage that many engineers you know you're not in technical ca- you know, not in a technical role anymore. It's all about, it's firefighting and people issues, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so I got tired of that after a number of years and, uh, and uh, I saw my guys working on all that cool cloud stuff. And I, I wanted to do that, but I had no time for it, not much anyway. And, and then literally one morning I said, okay, I could do that. Uh, so, uh, you know, AWS has an office in France. Um, I, I was an AWS customer, I was in touch. You know, we started talking. Actually, they, they got in touch if I want to set the record straight. And they tried to poach me a few times. I said, no, no, no. And then they said, oh, we have this tech evangelist role. I said, okay, well, what kind of stuff is that? It's like, it doesn't sound right. Uh, it doesn't sound technical. It sounds like marketing. And I said, no, no, it's a hands-on role. You can write code. And so, okay, I, I, um, I looked at that thing a little more and, and you know, had, had a good talk with them saying, this is how I see it, right? So, I want to be fully autonomous. I want to pick my own targets. Uh, I want to build my own content. I want to write my own code. Yeah, 
is that okay, right? Because you're a big company. How much freedom do I get? Yeah. Was big concern after ten years in startups. And I said, no, no, no. It's a, it's a very, it's a, it's a new team. It's a small team. It was a very small team when I joined. Very, very small team. Uh, so you know, everything needs to be invented. So I said, yeah, okay. You know, went home, had a good night's sleep. Say, yeah, okay, that's it. You know, I, I need to take a. I need to take a break from the management role, so uh, be an individual contributor again, write code again, spend time uh, on tech, uh, all of my time pretty much, and uh, and travel and and help people out. And that's really, I mean, it's it's a it's a nice job in the sense that um, I get paid to learn stuff and explain it to other people. So I love to learn. Right, uh, I'm back to being nine years old. Honestly, uh, every day is uh, learning. is about learning new stuff, so it's perfect. Um, and you know, explaining, helping people out. You know, getting the all the positive feedback, like in person, or you know, like nice tweets or nice emails saying, "Wow, this you know, this is great. This helped us out. You know, uh, we didn't know we could do machine learning. Now we're doing it." And it's like you get that instant satisfaction that you don't get as a as a tech manager, right? You don't you don't get that. Uh, I'll challenge that. You might get it six months later when your project gets get deployed, but you know it's a, so in a way it's a very selfish role uh, today, in the sense that I work from you know for myself, by myself, very autonomous, um, but uh, I help people out. So it's like I said, instant satisfaction. So yeah, it's, it's a good role. And the reason why I'm, I ended up focusing on machine learning is because uh, initially I was the the evangelist for friends. So focusing on all the AWS services, not focusing at all really. Uh, but given my background, you know, building infrastructure, working with data, uh, working with uh, Hadoop and all those different technologies over the years, I had this you know tendency to. Uh, 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 to talk about backend stuff and data, and uh, and when machine learning became an important topic for AWS a couple of years ago, I realized no one was really talking about it, right, to customers. And 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 honestly, you know, no offense to my dear colleagues, but no one was really capable of it because no one had a really had a, had a machine learning background. So I said, we need to do it, so I'm going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll I'll wave that flag. And uh, they said, yeah, whatever, you know, we're busy enough, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> you do it. And, uh, and, and that worked out. So, yeah, now we're, uh, you know, I'm flying even more and uh, all over the world. And, you know, again, helping people out and showing them how to get started with the ML services. So, you know, pretty cool. I'm uh, waiting for that first meetup on the moon or Mars or something. <laughs> yeah, that'll be amazing. <laughs> that's, the next, that's the next frontier. <laughs> Oh my goodness, can you imagine? That would be amazing. Um, it's really nice to hear that you've struck that balance, really, because I think a lot of people experience that as they move up the ladder, they actually lose the role that they loved in the first place yep. because they're managing people, and I think it's great that you've brought that background and they approached you and you oh, said, yeah. look, you know, this is what I want. I meet a lot of them, and, uh, and you know, again, some, some people are, are quite happy with the role that they have. It's like, okay, they, they initially they enjoy tech, but you know, some people uh, just enjoy doing something else. Some people actually enjoy sitting in uh, HR meetings and budget meetings and roadmap meetings for hours. I mean, I've done that my whole life, honestly. I got tired of it, and I wanted to go back to the initial excitement of uh, 
understanding tech and uh, and explaining you know explaining it to to other people uh, and uh, and yeah I can do that so uh, I still meet people who tell me oh you know I wish I could do that but uh, come on seriously everybody can you know uh, I mean uh, I'll be honest the first few months I was all rusty you know having having not coded for a little while uh, it's like it was a little scary it's like, can I really do it right and, and of course you can come on you, you've done this for years and years and years I mean uh, you know I was writing code when I was 12 so Uh, you know how to code, so you just need to go back to that, and uh, and uh, it's like riding a bicycle. You never really forget, but you know you have to be ready to to drop the fancy CTO title and all the uh, all the fake all the fakeness that goes around some of that. You know, uh, just is how important is that in your life, right? When you go home and tired and frustrated and you know. Uh, And angry sometimes, and you actually don't enjoy your family life because you know because your job sucks and you hate it and you start to hate it. You don't care that you're CTO blah blah blah, and you don't care that you know people invite you to whatever events. Like it doesn't matter. You have to feel good about your job. So uh, um, so I, I really don't care about my job title. It could be anything as long as they let me do that. Uh, what I'm doing now, that's the feel good part. Doing my doing my job, helping people out. I love that. Um, just a really quick question before we go on to the next one. Um, you know, you said about when you joined AWS, it was a tiny, tiny team. How many are we talking? Uh, when I joined, it was probably that's probably around five people. Wow! Globally. Wow. <laughs> And just as a funny anecdote, the guy who hired me uh, was a, was a great guy. Um, he actually convinced me to join. Um, Three year, uh, three months into into my job, he left. <laughs> so, you know, I got that. I was I actually remember it was one of the very first meetups I was doing in France. I remember I was in Bordeaux, and uh, and I'm I'm about to go to the meetup. It literally one of the very very first meetups I'm doing, and uh, and my phone's ringing and it's it's him and I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? Like three months in France is the end of your trial period. Yeah, same here. And I'm like. Okay, I'm I'm fired. He's, he's like calling me like a week before the end of my trial period. Okay, I'm, I did something stupid. I'm fired. You know when you f the 7 p.m. phone call from your boss that you haven't really talked to for three months, and <laughs> pick up the phone. I was really scared. <laughs> and he told me, "Hey, are you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in Bordeaux for the meetup." He's like, oh, "I got something to tell you." I'm like, "Here it comes." I've been fired before. You know, I know how it feels. Not good. Uh, and he's like, uh, "I'm leaving." <laughs> Why? I was relieved. It was it was a horrible feeling because I was I was like, oh okay. <laughs> so you're not firing me. So because you know he he got a great offer and uh, working for a customer and uh, he wanted to go to the US and so on. So you know I couldn't blame him. So so that was the story and you know it was fine. It was it was relieved. I had a good meetup. But then I didn't really have a boss for a long time. So uh, so now we're more structured. The team has grown a little, but. Uh, It's still, it's still, uh, it's it's a very bizarre team. It's it's completely distributed. Uh, you know, we have a, I have a colleague in Israel, I have a colleague in the Nordics, I have a colleague in Singapore, uh, I have a, co a few colleagues in the U.S. So we meet a couple of times a year in person at reInvent and other events. But other than that, you know, we just we're chatting or uh, online or uh, or uh, emailing each other. But it works because we all, I guess, we all have the same mentality. It's like 
we don't want tight synchronization. We we hate that. Yeah. You know, we want to be free agents and uh, and and go out there and, and evangelize. Yeah. So don't lock me in a meeting room. You know, that's 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 horrible. And I think my colleagues feel the same. <laughs> so how big's the team now? Sorry. How big's the team? Now? Oh, uh, yeah, it's it's bigger. So it's probably it's in the low uh, it's in the low tens. Yeah, so it's it's growing. Yeah. And we're we're hiring by the way. So if you're if you're excited about traveling two hundred thousand kilometers a year, <laughs> ping me on Twitter or LinkedIn. We have openings. Maybe. But yeah, that's the amount of travel the, I actually I figured I just passed since January I just passed the hundred thousand kilometer mark today. Wow. Yeah. Busy man. Same as last year, so it's gonna be two hundred thousand yeah. It's a lot it's a lot of travel. So you have to you have to be ready for that. And I have a family and everything, so you can you can make it work, but uh, you know you have to talk to your uh, uh, significant half and kids and make it work. And yeah. so don't assume it's going to work out. It's not. You have to organize your life around it. Mm. Yeah, I imagine that's a lot to a lot to juggle. <laughs> um, so AWS offer lots of different services around infrastructure, AI, and machine learning. Um, what would you say is your best offering, um, and what service? service are you sort of most passionately about personally so um so we we've uh, started releasing services in the last um two and a half years um because you know some people tell me oh well that's you you got can you know you joined that party a little late and i'm like well we build stuff when customers need it okay we only build what what customers ask us to build we don't we don't build stuff because it's fun and let's see what the market needs okay we listen to customers and build so we started doing that. And by now we have a, we have quite a, uh, an extensive stack of services. So very quickly we have very high level services that literally any developer can use. It's just an API call to do you know text to speech, speech to text, and image recognition. So obviously these are based on machine learning and deep learning, but we it's a black box. We do everything ourselves. We train our own, on our own data. We train the models to make it as simple as possible. Literally one API call away. So um, if you don't want, if you don't want to get into machine learning in the first place, if your problem is just I need translation, I need text to speech, I need chatbots, I need OCR. You know, uh, I just want to get it done. Um, these services are great. Now um, most of my time. Uh, is really spent on uh, I would say the mid-level uh, services uh, where customers can bring their own data and train their own models. So it's a service called SageMaker, Amazon SageMaker, which is really the one spending the the most time on. And uh, and uh, this is I guess my if I have to pick one, it is my favorite feature because it lets you focus on on machine learning. I remember how we were doing it in the early days, not so long ago, honestly, you would have to build everything yourself, build infrastructure. So, you know, either physical or virtual, it's still a significant amount of work. Manage the servers and then install and deploy your machine learning stack and then create your training environments and your deployment environments and then work on scaling and uh, production. I mean, it was, at the end of the day, it was more ops work than machine learning work. So, you know, it was very frustrating because you could not really innovate fast. And I think what SageMaker solves is is that specific thing. Uh, if I have to call one thing out, it's the the speed at which you can get from experimentation to um, a working model in production. Because we, 
you know, we we make infrastructure completely transparent. It's fully managed, so you never worry about managing a single server. It's 2019. You know, we should know better than install, uh, you know, uh, operating systems and uh, and uh, and deploy, uh, you know, libraries. And uh, come on, seriously, I'm, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. Uh, and especially if we want to do machine learning. We want 100% of our time spent on understanding the data, cleaning the data, uh, trying out different algos, optimizing, etc., etc. So uh, SageMaker hits that spot, and the workshop that I've done this afternoon was on that. And people are, you know, they, they react favorably. It's like, oh yeah, you're really not making this up. Uh, you know, infrastructure is gone, and you can scale easily. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, still, you know, for some customers, some really, really advanced customers, they need full control over the infrastructure and full control over, you know, everything. That's the way they built. And they can still do that. And we have other services and tools to do that. But I think the, the sweet spot for machine learning on AWS is really SageMaker because you have the full flexibility to bring your data, bring your own machine learning code if you want, or use built-in algorithms that we provide. So full flexibility on the machine learning process and infrastructure is gone. It's just, it's been completely commoditized as it should be. Okay. Because part of the reason why you're in Cardiff, you're, um, you're doing the AI Wales meetup later, aren't you? Yeah. For our listeners, actually, I should probably shout this out. Um, so Jamie Thomas organizes it, who's the CTO of Automize, yeah. based here in Tramshed. So I think once a month or maybe less than that, it might be like once every three months, he organizes a meetup. Um, in Cardiff so if you are looking for an AI community or you know just a sort of general tech meetup it's, it's great so come along and um, you can find that up on, on meetup or find Jamie on LinkedIn um, so you're you're talking about later are you talking about um, SageMaker? Yeah I think uh, yeah we still need to decide what we <laughs> talk about because it's actually it's a joint meetup so AI Wales is actually uh, leading that but I think the uh, AWS user group is uh, is joining as well, and, and other folks. So it's it's cool to mix those different uh, tech communities. So yeah, I think we'll go for a, kind of an overview of uh, you know machine learning options on uh, on uh, on AWS. You know, from you know building everything yourself. You know, which you know is possible, and in some cases, you okay, you might have to do it. But and or you know using you know managed services to do it, you know it's not for me to say wh- which option should people uh, uh, pick. I just want them to understand the trade-offs. Okay, it's like if you're gonna do everything yourself, okay, but be prepared for a lot of extra work and especially infrastructure work. So if you're a machine learning engineer, do you want to do that and do you know how to do that? Right. Hmm. Maybe you're not so strong on ops. Uh, so if you have another team taking care of that, why not? Okay. If you want to do use Docker containers because that's your thing, then sure we have you know Docker uh, tools for for machine learning as well. Still, you know Docker is not magical. You have some work to do. So if your focus and if your skills point you at you know I want to do machine learning and nothing else, then SageMaker is a good option. So. Whatever works for you is fine. Just understand, you know, the technical and 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 cost maybe uh, uh, trade-offs that you're gonna make, and you know, you can build one way or the other. Just just decide on data, not not opinions on or fashion or mm. you know. I hate that the the, the trendy stuff on in, has no place in tech, but unfortunately that happens. 
<laughs> Good advice. Um, so for developers that are brand new to working with AWS, like where do they start? Have you got any top tips? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. So I would say um, if you um, if you're a developer, um, just first you know create an account. Uh, you can create an account in five minutes. Uh, we have um, a, a thing called the free tier. Uh, so you can just uh, check that out. Uh, just look for free AWS free tier, which is basically a way for uh, new users to. Uh, uh, to use a lot, m- not all, but most AWS services for completely for free for 12 months, uh, as long as they stay within certain usage limits. And specifically for uh, you know those AI services that I mentioned and SageMaker, they are part of the free tier. So you can actually you know if you're a student, if you don't have you know a lot of money to 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 uh, spend on that, or if you just want to experiment, that's fine. The free tier will help you do that. Um, now, if for um, uh, to learn, uh, we actually have quite a few uh, um, quite a few online classes. If you go to uh, aws.training, uh, you'll find online classes, and we have this thing called for machine learning specifically. Uh, we have this thing called the Machine Learning Academy, uh, which has about forty or forty-five hours of online training, completely free. Okay, keep insisting on that because it, you know that's how we you know we only pay for what you use. Okay, you don't pay for, for training and stuff like that. Um, so you can go to the machine learning university and, and study about that. And then we have you know pretty extensive documentation. <laughs> it's it, you know honestly it's quite good. I use it uh, as a customer. Uh, every now and then you hit the the paragraph that it leaves you puzzled, but okay, it's still pretty good documentation. It's all online. It has a ton of tutorials uh, and um, and. Um, Specifically for for SageMaker, we also have a, you know GitHub repositories with tons of samples, etc., etc. And uh, and the last thing you want to check out is uh, um, all the YouTube videos from uh, AWS reInvent, so our annual conference that takes place in uh, Las Vegas in December. Um, so you'll find literally hundreds and hundreds of sessions on everything. So um, and and all levels from the intro stuff. To the hardcore stuff mm. so um, I, by combining all of that and, and practicing 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 you know read the docs create an account stay within the free tier go through the tutorials you know just learn um, there are a few good AWS books out there as well uh, and go to the YouTube videos uh, webinars etc etc and if you can uh, you know we'd be happy to have you at events uh, like the summit yesterday in London, uh, so summit season in Europe is kind of coming to an end. <laughs> there's the Stockholm one a few weeks from now, but yeah, uh, we have Dev Days. You know, you know, just generally stay in touch. We have lots of developer events happening all over the world, so it's a good way to meet with us and and ask all your questions. So, yeah, I think there are uh, if you're uh, um, you know if you're a self starter and uh, and you're really keen on learning that stuff there's a ton of material to uh, to learn from and if you'd rather have a, a proper course uh, I have to point you to uh, this company called a cloud guru a cloud.guru which has excellent online classes on AWS and uh, these are really brilliant and they are absolutely inexpensive 
So if you'd like to go through a lot of structured course, I you know I cannot recommend them enough. So see if you have plenty of options. <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. I've heard amazing things about the Machine Learning Academy. Yeah. Really great things. Yeah, the Machine Learning Academy is very good because... Um, and we created it because customers told us, uh, okay, uh, we want we have data, we want to get into machine learning, but we're not experts. We don't we're, we don't plan on hiring ten data scientists, you know, because you know we don't have resources. We and we don't feel we need that to get the job done. Uh, so how do we train our developers? Right, we have good developers. They're clever guys, and uh, mm-hmm. how do they learn? So. So, of course, you have plenty of uh, good MOOCs, you know, if you go on to Coursera, um, she's an AWS customer, by the way, uh, you'll find good MOOCs and you'll find lots of good content, but they, they, they ask us to build something focusing on machine learning and how to do it with AWS services. So, that's that's the Machine Learning Academy. It is very good. I recommend it. Hmm. Awesome. Um, so, what would you say is the most exciting thing about building on AWS? Um, like what holds the most potential would you say um, so I would say f- f- I was like I said I was a customer for years and uh, coming from that physical infrastructure background when where any significant ID you know significant from a scale perspective uh, needed months to realize if I didn't have a few servers waiting to be used and of course I never had those mm-hmm. they were all busy uh, the, to me, the key and the, the, probably the the reason why AWS is so successful is because you just move so fast. You you go to you come to the office on Monday, and and you have your team meeting or something or daily meeting, and you know somebody says, oh yeah, you know I thought about it and we should try this, and you know in, in a traditional environment it's like yeah, okay let's add this let's make a note of that and we'll come to that later and of course you never go back to that. If you use cloud, it's like, yeah, you can try. Okay, yeah, try. Try today. And, uh, you know, uh, if I was in a CTO role again, I'd be confident about it. It's like, sure, uh, it's go- it, it's probably going to cost $5 or $1 to, to confirm or, or, or the, that your idea is good. So go and do it. Take an hour today. Fire up whatever infrastructure you need to fire up. That takes no time. Run your tests. And let's talk about it tomorrow or the next day, and uh, and you can you can just again you can decide on data and you can avoid those endless discussions. And engineers can get bogged down into silly arguments over you know should we do A or should we do B, and there's no room for that discussion. It's like let's do both, mm. right? And we'll decide which one is best. But if you need, you know, 20 servers and uh, to do A and 20 servers to do B, that's never going to happen, right? Because the cost of experimentation and the cost of failure is so high. Uh, with cloud, it's not. So you can just t- try all your ideas, literally all of them, and uh, at, at, at very little cost. And, uh, you know, without the, the, uh, the bad ideas. Uh, but you always learn something, even from a bad idea, right? And, and focus on, uh, on the good ones and until you hit gold, right? And uh, you can do that every day, every week, every month. And to me, that's, that's what cloud is, is so great. Um, you bring your ideas to life just like that. And I've done it as a customer. Now I'm, I'm helping customers do that, which is, which is cool because I can use my own experience. 
but I, I see it every day and whatever your your domain is you know uh, it's like people would think oh your banks are big and slow and some of them are not you know some of them move as fast as startups and you say uh, oh I don't know well uh, you know traditional companies like they're you know it's a 150 year old company how innovative could they be well think again right because it's not about how old you are it's about how fast you can experiment and how costly it is so you know if uh, if you're a traditional company but you use cloud and and you have this mindset um you know you're uh, you're not a dinosaur anymore you're uh, you're a predator again right you can be you can be dangerous to your competition again because you move fast and uh, and then you innovate fast. So to me, that's the that's the number one thing. That's that's why I'm never ever going back to physical infrastructure. Don't even try. I, I'm not going back to that. It's, it feels like you know ancient times. Mm, absolutely. I think the companies that embrace digital transformation. I mean, it's proven. It's mm. yeah, second to none. So it's really important. Um, so how do you see AI and machine learning enhancing the buyer's journey then over the next sort of next decade? Um, so, so I think, you know, just like everything else, um, AI will become a commodity. Um, so today we're solving very specific tasks, again, like text-to-speech and speech-to-text and image recognition, etc. But even with a service like SageMaker, it's still you know it's a bit it's an involved process to actually train your model. I mean, it still needs some skills. But I think in the next years, as we keep innovating on behalf of customers, we'll go up the stack again and again and again. And just like we saw for a compute, you know, going from virtual machines to containers to serverless, um, and waiting for what's next. I think we'll see the same thing for machine learning. We'll go from this is for experts only to uh, uh, yeah, okay, developers can do it. To uh, we don't really need to do it anymore because it's 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 kind of everywhere. You know, it's built in, and uh, and you know, I, I think that we need to shift. We need to start shifting the discussion from you know hardcore data science and algos and you know all the all the magical black magic stuff that people like to talk about and I think we need to shift this discussion to how do we get machine learning and AI into every single IT service out there and every single consumer device out there and uh, and you know from uh, you know smartphones to TVs to whatever it's like it's it is going to become absolutely commoditized so uh, we should think about that and uh and think about automating it. Think about you know. Uh, um, think about how do we? How does literally uh, everybody do machine learning? Like, it's going to become to me. It should be a built-in feature, even in you know databases and everything else. Um, just like everything else, and it and you know it will. I don't have a timetable for it, uh, and I don't know what AWS will do about it. But that's my my uh, personal conviction, personal opinion. It's it's going to be. Uh, it's going to be just like that, just like everything else. Just like databases are going up the stack and computers going up the stack um, and storage, of course, a long time ago. Um, and, uh, machine learning is, is going to do the same. So you, it, you won't even see it, you know. Uh, we'll have succeeded when it's completely transparent. When you go to your uh, favorite uh, shopping website and... And you know your uh, your cart. You already have in the cart the groceries that you buy every week. It's like 
Yeah, probably you need that. Okay, because look at your. I mean, you. We buy. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, I buy this a lot of identical stuff from one week to the next. I do too. Right. I think we all do that. We have favorite products, right? Creatures of habit. <laughs> so, uh, so why do I still have to put that stuff in the cart? Right. Uh, so you know, sometimes people tell me. Uh, Oh, when when will Amazon actually ship you stuff before you order it? And I'm like, so yeah, you can, I guess you could say, okay, if the new Iron Maiden album comes out, you could ship it to me and say, if you really, really don't want it, return it. <laughs> I love that concept. Uh, that still feels a little intrusive, right? It does, but I don't know, there's something I really like about it. It's that ultimate <laughs> convenience. They, they know yeah. before you Yeah, but, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to have to go to the post office to return stuff. I don't right. want to. I mean, that's the, probably where it breaks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but actually telling, sending me that targeted thing that says, the new album is out next week. Yeah, I know. One click, buy it. You know, or fill my grocery list or whatever, you know. And that that's, it's going to be machine learning all the way. And you can translate that to, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, healthcare and education. And so we have customers who do that. We, we, um, I, I, I read about that. It's a U.S. college. They use um, machine learning to figure out, I think, two or three weeks within the semester who's going to fail. So three weeks in in inside so three weeks into the semester, they they can actually tell, bring the students and say it's not going well. So how do we help you, right? Yeah. Based on all the data points like grades and attendance and other things. I don't know. I don't know the details, yeah. but this is great, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't want those kids to fail. You want them to succeed. So why do we have to wait for six months to tell them, oh, you failed? Like, no, you want to help them succeed and fix as soon as possible what can be fixed. So healthcare is, is about the same, right? Acting early. So all these domains uh, are, are going to be completely transformed by a machine learning and, we're, and AI. And we're not even going to talk about it. Mm. Like just make all that stuff smart finally, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it becomes like preventative, which yeah. is really just, exciting. Just make it yeah. You know, most IT apps they just display on the screen stuff that's in the database, and then you have humans looking at it and trying to make some sense out of it. And that's fine, but there's a lot of that that can be automated away, right? And why don't we let humans focus on the really, really hard stuff that's too hardcore to be figured out by machine learning? And why don't we let them focus on interacting with each other, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, doctors should not spend hours looking at medical pictures. Okay, they should spend hours talking to the patients. Teachers should not spend hours filling reports and looking at whatever they do. They should be in the classroom or helping out students, right? So, because all the rest is just, uh, you know, it's overhead that can be automated away. And we still need a human eye to confirm what the, what the model uh, predicted. That's fine. But, uh, you know, there's a difference between looking at stuff for 10 minutes or half an hour and just looking at a, a, a one thing for 30 seconds and, yeah, that's right. Okay, now what do we do about it? So, to me, that's what ML, that's where ML needs to go everywhere, in every, in every domain. Absolutely. And that's so exciting. Yeah. Holds yeah. so much potential. So, on that kind of note, I mean, I know, I know how enthusiastic you are about machine learning and there's so much excitement around that. Um, is there any other emerging technologies that you're really, really excited about? Uh, I have to say, I have the yeah, I'm, I have the uh, the machine learning you know uh, uh, angle and focus. Uh, 
Um, what else am I excited about? Um, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not excited about blockchain. That's your question. <laughs> uh, it's, it's good for a laugh, but uh, that's about it. It's if you ask me. Um, what, why is that? Oh, well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, it's you know it's it's um, it's I, some people say it's solution it's it's a solution looking for problems. I honestly don't even think it's a solution to anything. It's you know God knows that AI and machine learning were you know blasted for being buzzwords and 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 trendy stuff. But I could give you you know hundred customer references building crazy stuff without. Um, I don't see anything remotely similar with blockchain, so I'm honestly staying away from that. Um, no, I have to say, I, I'm, I'm really excited about, I'm more excited about how machine learning and ML, uh, machine learning and AI will fix a lot of things that are not working well in this world. Mm. And there, are, there is a lot of stuff that's wrong or inefficient. I'm more excited by that than excited by the actual tech. You know, the, the actual science. Okay, I'm an engineer. I, I enjoy math like like any other person, I guess. But at the end of the day, okay, it's cool to understand how that stuff works. But now let's put it to work, and 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 that's what our customers do actually. That's what we help them do. It's like okay, take those building blocks, go and do, you know, cancer detection. Uh, go and do. Uh, um, uh, go and find missing kids on the internet by doing face recognition, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, that's the useful stuff. The science is nice, but it needs to break out of the, of, the, of the sandbox and fix stuff in the real world. If not, it's not good for anything. I agree. Um, so to start rounding up then, um, I'd love to talk about, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, is it Arimars or Remars? Um, Amazon's tech conference. Oh, Remars. Uh, yeah, Remars. so uh, so Remars. Yeah, it's uh, so we'll see. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a strange. Uh, we we're all surprised to see this thing. Uh, so Mars is, was actually a private event. Uh, that uh, very private event. Very s- small number of people attended that. Organized by uh, Jeff Bezos to showcase some some exciting stuff. Uh, and uh, well, it looks like they've decided to make it a full-fledged conference uh, to um, to basically showcase all the great and you know uh, uh, leading-edge stuff that's happening within Amazon as a whole. Mm. So um, so it's gonna be there's gonna be machine learning, it's gonna be robotics. Uh, no, we still don't have a lot of details about it. But um, I'm sure it's not going to disappoint. Uh, There's so much cool stuff happening inside Amazon as a whole that, uh, and, and with customers that if we start opening those doors, you know, and those uh, well-guarded doors, I'm sure, there's got to be some really, really crazy stuff happening behind that. So, um, so we'll see. I know, I don't, honestly, I don't know so much about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm quite curious what will come out of that. But I, I'm, I'm quite sure it'll be spectacular. You know, it's, uh, if we're organizing something specific on innovation, you know, it's going to be, it, it has to be, it has to be spectacular, nothing less. 
Absolutely. <laughs> that's, the, that's the bar we set, I think. <laughs> Definitely. You'll have to so let Jeff, go. get it right. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, pressure's on. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what that's like because obviously it's invite only. Um, yep. It's a closed door event, so it just sounds so exciting. It's, it's inspired by Mars, um, and you'll be talking about all things robotic space. Yeah. So <gasps> watch this space. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's gonna Amazing. Be fun. Right, to find out, um, I would love to know what tool or app could you simply not live without? Ooh. Um, just one? Um, just one. Okay, I'm going to say Spotify. Okay. Uh, because, again, I am a music freak. Uh, I have a huge record collection, like LPs, you know, I'm that kind of guy. Awesome. Um, but <laughs> traveling as much as I do, I cannot carry my uh, my LPs on my turntable with me. Uh, so I can I can I can listen to uh, pretty much everything I own on, on Spotify. I think I'd be hard pressed to find uh, an LP that I own that is not on Spotify. They're doing pretty well on metal, honestly. And uh, and it just makes the long flights bearable. So uh, my my travel advice. Is get a a noise a reduction uh, uh, headset. Buy the best you can find. I'm not giving you just you know which one the best is. So get the best, the most expensive, uh, and uh, download hours of uh, offline music on your Spotify uh, account, and and that makes the the 12 hour flights bearable. Uh, it's honestly that's that's changed my life. <laughs> You're a Spotify man, not an Apple Music man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I do I, I do have a, a few Macs, but uh, but yes, I think Spotify just works for me. Yeah, amazing. But it, you know there are other good services, so that's number one. Uh, do I get number two? Uh, yeah, why not? You're a special guest. So <laughs> let me see. Um, Yeah, I guess Uber is number two. Yeah, good show. I guess Uber is number two. It's uh, um, oh, I could I could tell you a million fun stories, you know, uh, with Uber drivers in India and uh, and other places. Yeah. I didn't even realize they had Uber in India. Oh yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's good fun, I, and you know they're friendly people, and uh, uh, sometimes there's a bit of a language issue, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we have good fun. Yeah, so Uber has, uh, has you know, saved me uh, a lot of times. It's like, it's, it's such, a, such a convenient travel tool. You just need Wi-Fi. So when you, when you, when you land at 2 a.m. at the other end of the world, you, you literally pray for the... And of course, your phone doesn't work in that country to make things nice, uh, nicer. You just pray for the airport Wi-Fi to work. And, uh, and then, okay, it works, and then you pray for Uber to be available there, and then you pray for the pickup location to be actually something you can find. <laughs> that's a lot of praise, but... So there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and sometimes they do, but that's okay. You know, I, I, like I said, I'm, I've traveled in all kinds of places, and you know, people are friendly everywhere, so you, there's always plan B, right? So it's okay. Always plan so B. Just, I'm trying not to lose my smartphone, that's all. Oh, I know that's a constant challenge for me too. Yeah, I'd rather lose my passport than my smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what? I think I'm the same. Yeah. Oh, shocking, isn't it? Oh, Julian, thank you so much. Oh, for thanks again. It was, it was a lovely discussion, and uh, and I hope it was useful to your to your listeners. And it's it's a pleasure to be in Wales. I hope uh, you know AWS uh, or maybe evangelists or maybe you know additional uh, people will, will will be uh, here 
Uh, there's a great tech community. I'm looking forward to the meetup tonight. And, uh, and we definitely need to show some support. So thanks again for the invite. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really hope you enjoyed that episode with Julian. Um, next week, we'll be speaking to Kieran McGee, who is the Strategic Transformation Workstream Lead at Barking and Dagenham Council. Kieran's got a massive amount of knowledge um, over his years in the public sector. He's worked in a number of local authorities in the UK and in New Zealand. So he offers a really good insight and sort of a bird's eye view over both countries' local authorities. He's obviously seen a lot of change and he's seen digital transformation unfold really Uh, so we talk about the emergent technology that's worked that hasn't worked how he thinks is best practice for approaching digital transformation because he's massively specialist in that Um, he just offers a really a really great insight into best practices and trial you know tried and tested ways of doing things uh so yeah super interesting we talk about the top challenges that are faced by pretty much all the councils he's worked for there's some definite themes there and how he thinks um that emerging technology can help to solve some of these challenges Uh, We talk a little bit about his biggest success stories and the technology that he's most excited about working with over the next sort of five, ten years. Um, So, yeah, really, really interesting episode. So tune in for that. We are starting to to interview a lot of local authorities, um, sort of digital transformation managers and directors. So if you are one of those people, uh, please feel free to get in touch if I haven't got in touch with you already. Um, We've got loads of exciting interviews coming up uh, with some incredible like leaders in transformation within local authorities so yeah feel free to get in touch um, you can either do that via info at webuildbots.ai or using hashtag the botcast or on any of our social channels there's loads of ways um, our website is intelagent.ai um, so you'll find you'll find all the options on there Um, So on another note, as always, we really appreciate reviews and ratings. It really helps us to access a larger audience. So if you haven't already and you do enjoy the show, please head over. We really appreciate your reviews. So until next week, have a great one.